Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. Second captain, first captain, whatever. 36 wides in total. Some of the big names failing to make an impact. A tame enough performance by the All-Ireland champions for most of the match. And still the 2018 All-Ireland final found a way to deliver the dramatic finale that this insane championship season truly deserved. Hello and welcome to Monday's Second Captain's Podcast. If you're a Limerick listener, I expect you're catching up with this one sometime around the middle of October. I hope. So the, hello. Yeah. <laughs> hope the head is cleared. Thanks for coming back to us. Hi there, Ken. Hi, Owen, how are We've you? We've already heard Kieran. Hi, Kieran. Hello there, Owen. As an honorary Limerick man, Ken? Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's much more than honorary. I mean, he's basically a Limerick man. I am. I mean, less I am of the honorary. Married into the Treaty County. That's right. Close friend of Jerry Flannery. Well, <laughs> well, I do. I have seen Jerry Flannery a number of times at Christmas Mass. And it doesn't get any more Limerick than Jerry Flannery now, does it? No. No, it, it, it doesn't. Uh, they no, really put you through the ringer, can't they? Well, the referee, on your the, boys in green, the officials. There was a conspiracy to deny Limerick uh, their just desserts. Uh, there was forty-five minutes of out of time. Mm. Just Take a, off your tinfoil hat, there, can, buddy. Can, uh, there was. Can, I, I felt horrifically short-changed by just the eight minutes of injury time. To be honest, forty-five minutes. Oh. Uh, I, I I didn't understand what was going on. And my, my wife, plaintively, looked at me, what's happening? Why, don't, why is the match not over? I said, I don't know. I think, there, I think there might be a conspiracy against, against Limerick here. And yeah. she immediately believed that. Yeah. She, of course, there, of, course, of, course, of course there is. But uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I, mean, I knew that Limerick would, would ultimately sweep Galway aside. Well, for the small pocket of Limerick folk who are in some sort of fit state to listen to this podcast a day after the first All-Ireland win since 1973, will we give them what they want? Yeah, go on. Cue tear-jerking audio bed, please. Sport is a great thing, Parik, and especially hurling. Our sport, the greatest sport that was ever played by any man. They're getting their award today, mixed with this brilliant blend of youth, fire and enthusiasm, and so thrilled for them. Clareman, rivals of ours all our lives. But you know, the Cranberries go up around Crow Park. 
Dolores wanted her own Parik magic, magic moment for them. Well, it's a highly emotional Oh no, my stomach is burning here, lads, I tell you. We've been so... We've oh been... dear, oh dear, oh dear. Who's going to win it, guys? Limerick. Excuse me? Dolan! Who are you, boy? He didn't go to blow the onion bag off the back of the net. He went to place it to the corner. Limerick are on the brink of a historic breakthrough at Crow Park. Limerick better wake up here because Galway are back in the game big time. Brewster to the top of the net. Is there any end to the drama? Is there any end to the drama? Parry? Galway are within one of Limerick. It's hard to watch. Oh man, I don't know what to say here. Could he possibly, could he possibly, from two, three metres outside his own 45, the greatest sport that was ever played by any man. That's a massive ass. If you wanted one man in the history of Ireland to hit it for you, you might want it to be Joe Kenning. I think the long wait is over. How long is it again, the wait? Well, since 2007. Well, 1973 is the last time they were well. Limerick have it! Limerick are coming away with it! Yeah! If the rest of the world only knew about this sport, this is incredible. Limerick have beaten Galway, 1973, and today, 2000... Ah, oh, commentary there from Mr. Herling, Anthony Daly and Porg Lodge on RT Radio 1. And thanks to, you to Limerick's Live 95 team of Malkeveny and Donal O'Grady. Donal was on with us in the World Service last week and he did promise he'd leave it all out in the field. Mm. Expended at least as much energy as many of his <laughs> former teammates out there. <laughs> the greatest sport that was ever played by any man, Murph. Hard yeah. to disagree. Oh. Well, you wouldn't get any disagreement from this quarter. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, I, I do have to say, uh, Anthony Daly is a stunningly good co-commentator. Oh. And then he was on the Sunday game last night. And uh, in the midst of kind of this, you know, in-depth analysis of the game, he just turns to his fellow panellists and he just goes, like, Herlin's just mad. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, like, that, that was it. And honestly, like... There's not a whole lot else to say about how the last 50 minutes of that game went. Other than that, Hurling is completely mad. The best team won. Oh, yeah, by miles. Well, oh, no, well by a course. point. I mean, you know, I, certainly that's what I thought as I was walking out of the ground. But the more I thought about it last night, mm-hmm. oh, and the more I realised that Gola had been done out of uh, two in a row. Uh, now, not quite. Maybe that's, maybe that's uh, stretching it slightly. But the fact of the matter is that Limerick actually only got... They, were, they scored 1.15 in the first 50 minutes of the game, and then in the remaining half hour of action, they actually only got three scores to the two goals and then one point, Mulcahy's point right at the end, which ended up being the winner. So it was kind of, for all that goal had played really badly and they had massive problems in areas where they really didn't expect to have problems, like Garrett McInerney, I was watching him in the warm-up actually, and he just didn't look, he didn't look fit, you know, and you're going out to play an unbelievably athletic physical team like Limerick with a guy carrying a knock even mentally there's a if there's a, an issue there with him then it's a problem yeah he was dispossessed for one of the goals in the second yeah. half and he just seen, it was pointed out on TV afterwards that whatever about being dispossessed he had no turn, turn of pace yeah. then to chase back it just yeah. seemed like oh ball is stripped I can't quite yeah and John Hanbury it. looked like he was carrying a knock and you know Dahi, Dahi, even Dahi Burke you know I, I thought was under pressure particularly in the last 20 minutes of the game he was under pressure this is called getting the excuses in late I thought Johnny Glenn was very fortunate to stay in the field did you? I did oh there was a, a free given for him even though he was in possession of the ball and a man came in to tackle him and I mean I'm sorry I'm a large boy. I mean, what am I supposed to do with all this monstrous Sorry, bulk? Maybe, maybe you can clear something up for me. Yeah. Uh, when, when I drive my shoulder into your jaw, 
yeah. turn turn and drive the shoulder into you, Joe, to catch you as you come to challenge me. That's legal, is it? Is that legal? Uh, that was a free. Was a free was given? No? Oh, free was given. Yeah, but it should yeah. have been a. Well, then it's illegal. He should have got his marching orders. Sorry, mate. A free was given, so I don't know what to tell you. You so, know. So you're saying you're saying that's okay. Well, no, I'm saying it was a very harsh free against Johnny Glenn, but we accept the decision of the referee at all times. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Now I'm not surprised you were, you uh, were favouring the decisions of that particular referee. A lot of Limerick people get extra fired up. Got extra fired up indeed because they felt everybody was tipping Galway to win. I kind of noticed this theme developing over the last 24 hours or so before the game. And I, mm. I heard a lot of people also tipping Limerick to win, but maybe if you want, you hear what you want to hear. And uh, Michael Dignan, in fairness, who will be on with Owen Kelly today, did tip Galway to win this game. But as far back as February, he served notice that John Kiley's boys had an All-Ireland in them. I, I really do think that this Limerick team is building. Now, to me, they would be the dark horse. They're building confidence. And uh, I think they're going to be a, a team that we're going to really look for in the championship. So there you go. Don't bash Michael Dignan. Bash mm. everyone else who said Galway would win the game. As for Shane Dowding, the man who used his semi-final speech to clamp down on the hype machine, really, a rather different message for the county when speaking to Damien Lawler and Sky Sports after the game. Damien... You know me, and anyone who knows me knows I'm not short of words. I, I just can't believe it. I honestly can't believe it. It's all I've ever wanted since I was a young fella, and we eventually got there. I don't know how many prayers I said there with Joe's in the last ball, but I just can't believe it. It's just, it means the world to me, and more importantly to my family and my friends and my club. And it's always been about your family and your club and your piercing and people like the late Liam Kendi who guided you through, who coached you. You had so many years of heartbreak, Shane. What was different this year? There was many things, Damien, and I won't have time to tell you now, but you mentioned the likes of Liam Kennedy. I would not be standing here right now if it wasn't for them people. And I'm going to say one thing. I stood here three weeks ago and I pleaded with the fans to give us space and to allow us focus. I now say to the fans, can you please go absolutely mental for the next couple of weeks? Absolutely right, Shane. Go off and enjoy yourself. Can I ask you, what did it feel like burying in that goal today in 16 Like I, I dreamt of that numerous times before, and for it to come true, it's, it's just mad, Damon, and I, I just can't believe it. I was going to describe Shane Dowling as the old warrior. Dowling! Then I realised that he's only 25 years of age, according yeah. to Google. <laughs> it just it feels like he's been around forever. He's, yeah. he, you know, he looks a little older than 25. He does. He do, He looks maybe 27 or 28. 27, 28. Let's leave Let's it at that. Leave it at that. Dolan! All-Ireland champion, Shane Dolan. Yeah, and, uh, you know, made an impact again. You know, like, that's two two goals in an Ireland semi-final and a final off, off the bench is pretty good yeah, going. Yeah, keep playing like this, Shane. You're never going to play. You're never going to start a game for Limerick again. Yeah. Super sub tag will be attached firmly at this, at this point. There aren't many better occasions in Irish sport than these days when a county ends a long wait for an All-Ireland title. Michael Dignan sounded emotional even as a neutral in the commentary box. Michael, how are you doing? I'm good on, yeah. Um, it, it, well, it, it, it is. and it, look, We don't want to be getting all um, sentimental all the time about, <laughs> uh, about yeah. the game. but um, Just like 80% of the time. Yeah, yeah. but like, like, look, at la- last year... Um, if Waterford had done it, you know, it was such a long wait and they didn't break all with him and they had a long wait and the Tony Keady angle, which mm. was so emotional. And yesterday, like, you know, I, I, I've said this a good bit over the last couple of weeks that like, um, the feeling, and no one knows this, waking up tomorrow morning after Ireland is, after winning is unbelievable. And the, it's 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 not good when you lose, but when you win... um. And for yourself, and suddenly when you get older, I think you reflect on this, um, that for your family, for your 
friends, for your for the people of the county, what it means, and it's it's just huge. And then Galway, um, Galway had it last year, and then Limerick after forty five years. And if you think of what they went through since then, as a great sporting county, um, they loved their sport. Um, I have a lot of great friends there over many many years, and. I think they started to believe they'd never do it because they had been down for so long and, and to come through yesterday and the emotion and and they're a special bunch, these lads, these Limerick lads. I, been, they're so humble. Um, their manager is such a nice guy. Maybe to say nice people don't, when I teach mm-hmm. Ryan before him, like you wouldn't meet them and genuinely you wouldn't meet the likes of them. Um, I was down in Gary Spillane in January presenting the minor medals um, and TJ rang me and John Kiley was I said, come down. I said, they don't even know me. And he says, <laughs> and, and I says, why don't you get someone that they know? I'm modern. And he says, oh, there's the noyara, he says. And, and um, so, look, I'm just, I'm thrilled for them. And, and it's, it's nothing against Galway and it's nothing against anyone else. It's just, it's, it's magic. Owen Kelly, what about yourself? Are you happy, happy enough for Limerick? Ah, definitely. Look, Michael alluded to it there 45 years. Um, you know, they're another up and coming fresh team, we'll say. Look, so, Reminds me when I was a kid, the 90s, you had Offaly, Clare, Wexford, you had a different team every year. So now we had Limerick, Galway last year, um, right, Kip Kilkenny the year before, Clare 2013. So I suppose in the last seven or eight years, we've had, we've had five different winners. And even if you look at this year's league and championship, we say the league, the Munster title, Leinster title, All-Ireland, Lee McCarthy Cup, there was four different winners. So it just really emphasises that it's, an, it's as open as it ever was. So... I, gives everybody a chance and you know look Waterford probably are disappointed today looking at it saying Limerick got their chance they took it we didn't take it last year but then Galway were waiting so long last year as well but um, no look Limerick I think were probably the farm team over the last couple of weeks um, you know it wasn't the best spectacle yesterday but definitely as neutral the last 10 or 11 minutes was, was great to watch um, now you would have it would have been horrible for Limerick to have to lost that match yesterday because they dictated for so long but I suppose Galway showed the character that's in that team and Joe Canning pulled them back into it in the second half but you know Look, it's brilliant for Limerick Hurling, and I think J.P. McMahon has said it on Saturday night. It lifts the spirits of thousands of people within the county, uh, both young and old. And to see the emotion on their faces after the match yesterday would tell you what the what the win meant to them yesterday. Yeah, and Michael, you reference obviously the support and the, the just the level of support that they bring, the noise and the colour and all the rest. And it's actually it's interesting to think because you you obviously say they're they are a great hurling county and all the rest. Of course, they are, but. Before yesterday, it was one All-Ireland title since 1940. You know, so it was the famine, you know, stretching back to 1973. 73 was in itself the breaking of a famine. So you're talking about, you know, 80 years and two All-Irelands, near enough. Which yeah, is extraordinary. Like It is. It's unbelievable. And uh, you're right. Um, it's probably, you know, people talk about old days and tradition and all that. But, but there is no tradition in Limerick anymore. There's no tradition in a lot of counties. Mm. Um, um, and that's what makes it, I think, all the more laudable, you know, that, that um, to get together. And if you look at someone like Kyle Hayes, as an example, um, like, I love warriors and men like him. And he won a minor in 16. He won a 21 in 17. And he won a senior in 18. And he led the charge. when they And, and in the first half, there was a lot of... The only... The thing that sucks the life out of a game is wides. And there was 21 wides in the first half yesterday. It was, uh, Limerick had 11, Galway had 10. But the Limerick wides seemed to be worse than the Galway mm. wides. You know, they were easier wides or whatever. And it, it, it dragged the game down. And then when they needed somebody in the second half uh, to put up their hand, 
this this young man uh, who to me is is a brilliant centre back really I think um, but Declan Hannon has switched back from the forwards and had a great game yesterday as well and um, he has led the charge and, and um, I look it's 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 just it's just brilliant for Limerick and 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 as Owen said there and JP McMahon there is a there is something about Limerick and I met John Hayes there yesterday after the game and they they are a, they're a sporting county and and um, but yet as you say some weight and like they've created their own tradition now I suppose you are going to be too modest to say it Michael but we've already played the clip earlier on as part of our package that it was as far back as February this year that you pegged Limerick as dark horses. What did you see in them early on in the season that you thought? Well, I, I talk a lot of uh, bull at times. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did predict nine different All-Ireland winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we get it right around. Um, I, 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 I think um, watching them over the last couple of years, and and I think I referenced there, that trip to Limerick in January uh, when I went down to TJ, to his club, and John Kiley was there and all that, and there's a modesty and... A genuineness to those people that is rare, and and it's a hurling thing. And I'm not being a hurling snob here, but it's it's such a genuine, deep sense thing. And but everybody has that. Though. Not everybody. A lot of counties have a, a deep love of the game. It doesn't necessarily mean that. that yeah, but got the but when you have but they, when you haven't won for a long time, like like you said, but the belief. If you look into John Kiley's eyes, right, and they're bright blue eyes, right. <laughs> there is a there is a genuine. There is a belief and. He says a few things. I don't care about the past. It's gone. It's over. And we look forward. And the 21 teams um, had this beautiful blend of strength and speed and pace. And I love the way he introduced someone like Seamus Flanagan, right, that had no background, but he had a pedigree in his father, John mm-hmm. Flanagan. And he, he trusted these lads. And the way he re-energised Graham Mulcahy, who was nearly gone, who was a brilliant player, but didn't you know get over the line. And all those things that he did as a manager, and um, and Paul Kinnerk and those guys he brought in around him. So, um, I I just liked their demeanor. I liked their attitude. I liked their calmness. Keen Lynch, you know, Kieran's nephew, all that. But he didn't care about that. And Kieran's confidence, you know, and and different personalities, different characters. So, right through the team, uh, Lynch going to midfield, huge O'Donovan, the the, the physical presence of him, all those guys, and and Tom Morrissey against Kilkenny when he caught that puck out and put it over the bar. I said it yesterday in the country, that won the All-Ireland for Limerick. That wouldn't have happened in the old days. Richie Hogg got a goal, Kilkenny were home, gone. But Tom Morrissey caught the puck out, he poked it over the bar and he changed the history of Limerick hurling. The calmness of the setup is is interesting. Michael talks about their own. Um, John Kiley was on Morning Ireland this morning and he made the point that on the train on the way up, it was the reverse of what you would usually expect. He, he got the sense the county was really bricking it. The, the fans were all extremely nervous. But he said in the players' carriage, they were all cool as a cucumber. They were singing songs, according to John Kiley. I don't know exactly what songs they were singing. And it's the kind of stuff you usually see the Argentinian football team heading to beat England at a World Cup or something like that. But it did strike me. Geez, this, and I know people who are at the game notice it in their body language coming out. It's easy to say all this afterwards, but I think even in advance, it did seem like they were, despite the wides they were hitting in the first half, they, they handled the, the, the occasion very well. Yeah, I think they have. Um, I look, even see, I suppose, footage of the dressing room afterwards. You know, there's a few cans of beer going around and all celebratory, but <clears throat> you hear that that was there after the semi-final as well. So John Kiley has brought a serious professionalism and discipline to it. 
But he also realises that after big games, these lads have to let off a bit of steam and they have to be together maybe for 24 hours afterwards and really build that bond and that spirit. I think there was a big thing Kenny always spoke about, that spirit and that's there in abundance. Like, John Kiley has surrounded himself with with top-class people and some managers mightn't do that because they might feel threatened by some people they surround themselves with. With backroom teams, maybe they like to take over, but not John Kiley. He's got in top-class people, 16 including himself, I think is what the the backroom team is made up of. Um, so it just tells you the level of detail that's gone into it. But just on and off the pitch, the Limerick guys, you know, Tom Morrissey after that Kenny match, Dan Morrissey, when they speak, like it's, it's they speak with a maturity as if they've played in four or five or six All-Irelands and, and have them won, like, you know. And I think Michael referenced it there earlier on, like, it's a template, I suppose, for any county. And, and Waterford are not far behind. They won a minor All-Ireland and they followed up with a 21 All-Ireland and got to the contest last year. But Limerick, 05, 21 champions, 16. A big one for me was Napiershig winning the, the All-Ireland, uh, the senior club title. That was a big one because, you know, they had to be managed even... They won it in 16, won the 21 All-Ireland in 17, Limerick. But Napiershig got to the club All-Ireland in March. And how did John Kiley handle that? Was he had Alan Cunningham, a member of his backroom team, who was the coach to Napiershig when they had that success in 16. So he was able to keep the Napiershig guys on side. And look at the impact that they made. Shane Dowling, Will O'Donoghue, Peter Casey coming off the bench. So everything that they would have managed off the field was perfect. And even, I suppose, yes, a small bit of panic maybe crept in when they were seven or eight points up. They kind of went a bit over-defensive and drew Galway on them. And look, Graham Mulcahy, I suppose, finished that score. I think he only scored 2-1 in the last 20 minutes. So yeah. that would be the worry. I'm sure when John Kiley, maybe he won't analyse it today, but when he talks about the game, he'll probably say, maybe we panicked a small bit. That's something to learn going forward. But like the maturity that they showed all season, and Michael is dead right after the Kilkenny win and Tom Morrissey scored, they were always going to get better and better. Yeah, and when the, the story comes to be written of this season, Michael, you could pinpoint four or five different moments, really. Like, you go all the way back to March, beating Galway and Salt Hill in a game that Galway, you know, probably would have liked to have won to get out of 1B, uh, having come from, like, eight points down or whatever it was. Richie Hogan's late goal the, to come back and win that game. Six points down with ten minutes left against Cork. I mean, they've been presented with a lot of different challenges and they've answered every single one of them. And it makes them, you know, maybe the most deserving All-Ireland champions we've ever we've ever had. Yeah, well... Um I think every All Ireland champions are, are deserving. Mm, I don't know like, if you'd be any more deserving. Yeah, than but it's it, but yeah. Um, and and we can get carried away on maybe on the occasion. But but the, it has been, um, and I think Owen will agree. It has been probably the best championship ever. You know, it's it, it was a new structure. It's hard on maybe players to recover, and we, there'll be tweaks and bits and pieces. But <clears throat> but like the amount of matches and the amount of drama and what and. I said in the commentary during the year, nine points to dangerous lead in hurling, you know, and uh, um, it, it became turned a, out to be true again. It became a bit of a joke, like, but it, it's the truth, like, and and uh, yeah, well, Marty was reading off the Cranberries lyrics at maybe is about eight points, and yeah. I was thinking, oh, this this could go horribly wrong if if this comeback. Yeah, but anyway, Mar- yeah, Mar- Marty had Marty had a few little bits and pieces there, yeah. ready, ready to go, but uh, <laughs> and and but I I I kept thinking ninety four, you know, and. Um, uh, next thing was it was nine points. Then it was six, and Owen said it there. Like uh, Tom Marcy hit a wide, Dan Marcy hit a wide, Kyle Hayes hit a wide. Where they're all perfect balls, all from the same place under the Hogan stand. The kind of moment of glory, like where mm. you you give that, the, and you can't do that. You can't get ahead of yourself, and that's the worry you had about. And you have to. You can't think about quarter past five. You have to think about five to five or five o'clock. 
concentrated, concentrated, concentrated. And they did get ahead of themselves a little bit when they got ahead. And Galway then... And like, you have to talk a little bit about Galway here. You know, they played bad mm. um, for the players they have. And, and so many lads wrote a form the whole lot. Um, but Parik Mannion has had a great year. David Burke, Joe Canning, they're, they're leaders in the second half. They were immense. Canning was unbelievable to me. Mm. Um, and he's got a lot of stick over the years from up and down. He gets a lot of credit maybe as well. And last year, but I actually think he's by far the hurler of the year to me. Yeah. I, I, I just think he was unbelievable. He had a poor first half. Hannon cleaned him out. That ball he intercepted in front of him and put it over the bar. Like that's some sickener as a player to see that happen to you. And the way he responded and the way he led Galway back into the game and three from play, the penalty or the free, he buried it. Even the way he handled injury time and the comeback, there were a couple of, there were, there were two frees that he took points from that you're thinking, geez, maybe you need to go for a goal there. In both cases, he was proven correct because he got his chance at a goal, buried the free, which was absolutely ridiculous. Like, one, like just an unbelievable strike. Uh, and 65 then, after, uh, over. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then still gave himself, uh, gave him, sorry, he's the only person out there, but the, the, he must have checked with the referee there was still going to be enough time to maybe have another shot at it. The, the free didn't quite work out. Actually, Owen, just on that free, I don't, you, Murphy, you, you were just, it was, you're yeah. going to give uh, Joe Canning fr- technical advice on how to take a free <laughs> via Owen <laughs> Kelly. Kelly. So off you go. Yeah. Well, just in relation to Joe's final free, he stepped into the free. It was something that Eddie Brennan referenced just really in passing in the Sunday game last night, and I was, wanted to ask you about it, that he, he took, he stepped from behind the ball lifted it and struck it as opposed to just standing over it as he normally would have done like what's what's the thinking there I mean obviously he thinks he can get more distance if he stands behind it to hit it but if you have to do that as a free taker are you immediately saying you know there's a tariff to pay here I'm probably going to lose a bit of accuracy by by you know swinging into it to, to the extent that he that he had to and by by extension if you make that decision are you th- are you really saying I should probably go short with this because I have to change my technique yeah, I I fully believe if you ask Joe, he would tell you that there was such a swirling breeze in Crow Park yesterday, shooting into the Davin end, that he felt he had to get um, more power, and that's why he went back uh, a yard or two from that place ball. Um, I think Michael said there was 21 wide in the first half. Like there's a Crow Park when there's a breeze, it's a swirling breeze in the Davin end, and then it's a it's an even different breeze blowing at the Hill 16 side. Mm. So like. Bubbles would have hit a long-range free in 2014. It was a calm day. He stood over it. So I'd say if it was a calm day and there was no breeze, Joe would have actually just done his normal stance over that free. So I bet you the only man that'll answer that for you hmm. is Joe. But I think by taking the step back, he, he, I think he actually mishit the free, to be honest with you. He definitely, because he has so much ability, he could clear the back net and his wrists are so good. Yeah. So... You know, he'd probably be disappointed with that today, but I think the breeze, the swirling breeze, would have added... Um, and he, Owen, he, 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 he missed a couple of long-range frees before that in the second half, uh, two from outside, but I thought, uh, you're dead right about the breeze being there yesterday. You were probably up in the press box? Yeah. Was there a bad breeze up there? Yeah, there was a bad breeze on, and he was, there was, to me, there was no chance of him getting the distance. Mm. I said it in the commentary, I said, it was even for him, yeah. it was outside his range. Um and do you remember, I, do you remember, do you remember the line ball I'd only? Do you remember the line ball he took to Joseph Cooney, yeah. short one and back? I thought that was a that maybe if they were thinking, take a quick one, uh, somebody come and run and take the return and have a shot from 70, yeah. 80 yards yeah. from his hand yeah. would have been a better option. I'd say if it was if it was a calm day and if there was no breeze, he would have at least got the distance. Yeah, no I'd trouble. Yeah, right. and, he, and the players, the players will only tell you that there was a swirling breeze there. I'd say that he says, I'm not going to get the distance here if I stand over normal stance. 
Yeah, and what what I I didn't see it in the stadium, but Noel Larkin came out and the goalless selector and grabbed the ball off Park Mannion as if to say no one else has taken this. This is this isn't going short. Joe is taking this and hitting it because I thought it was just too far. Like I I wouldn't I wouldn't have backed him to have hit it, given the distance that it was and the breeze as as we were saying. But it, but but it's he's, a weird the man, thing. he's the man, you know. And yeah, yeah, that's um. And you know it landed in the square, and a, a flick, chance of getting a goal. A flick is in yeah, the net, yeah, and the yeah. game is over, and Limerick are beaten again. You know, <laughs> so like, um, so the like it's hurling, and it's it's only look, it's only one instant out of it. Like you're, you're we're focusing on that. Yeah. There was thirty four wides in the game. Limerick had eighteen, Galway had sixteen. A lot of them were easy chances. Uh, so yeah. Joe Cannon certainly didn't cost Galway the game. Exactly, and you know what? It's the, the point I'm making really more so is that it's that kind of pressure that you see in the NBA. You know, it's like LeBron James has three yeah. guys on him. Doesn't matter. He has to take the shot at the end, no matter even if it's the wrong. Ah, but he he came he came straight to it. There was yeah, no, he did. Yeah, th- there's yeah. no, there's he takes on that. But after yeah. all the stuff that happened last year, Murph did it. End up to go end up in a situation again this season where in an All Ireland final they're over reliance on Joe Canning. Connor Cooney no score, Jonathan Glenn no score, Cahill Mannion no score. You know you do and like that's it. It did fall on Wheel Joe. one goal. Yeah, um, out of the game for long periods. So. Yeah, like it did. It came down to Joe to an almost unbearable degree Johnny, this year. Johnny Glenn, after all the talk, didn't really have. I think actually Glenn, Glenn ha- did okay, w- but he did most of his best work at wing forward. And really, the ball that went into him in the first half—that was kind of the end that I was sitting at. I mean, the amount of... If you're driving a ball in on top of Johnny Glynn, Johnny Glynn should be catching it eight yards out, no more. But mo- so, ma- so much of the ball was actually dropping on the 21. And like, that's a back's ball then. You know, if you're moving Johnny Glynn out, out around to the 21, the advantage is with the back then, you know, because he's kind of stretching for it. But you have to get the ball over him. Like, you have to... Johnny Glynn has to be catching the ball six yards out from goal. This idea that you catch it 21 yards out and you have to move out to there... It's not going to happen. So I'd have a lot of sympathy for Glenn, to be honest. I don't. I don't think that. that I, I I I actually think Galway lost the game by a point at the end of the day. They won thirteen championship matches in a row before that over the last couple of years. They weren't anywhere near their best, and then still nearly did it. And it's testament maybe to their ability. But I actually thought a couple of things. Their puck out strategy was all over the place. They, they tried to go short, and then didn't know what to do when they got it to John Hammering too they tried to run out of defence Limerick had the physicality and the pace to match them so that didn't work um, then they went long and Limerick had the size in the half back line but so they got a very hard to win possession and yet as you say they have so many good players and so much ability up front that they just hung in there and the second thing I said it here to you during the summer after the Leinster final drawn match um, 18 points all against Kenny they looked dead looked flat and I thought and I said it here that day that it was a great opportunity for me I done it, to bring in a couple of young lads, freshen the thing up a bit. Brian Cody was a king. Every year, the one day or next thing, there's someone else. There's some, there was pressure on everybody. To, and I just think they got a bit stale. That Same 14 outfield players started yeah, this year yeah, that started last yeah. year. You know? They knew they were on the team. Takes that ledge off you. And then the lads coming in last year were happy to come in. Uh, Niall Burke and, and Jason Flynn last year because we're going to win the Ireland. But this year, they're getting pissed off because they're saying I should be starting why am I not getting a run and the dynamic changes that little bit and that's what happened and the, the edge went off them and if you had one or two I thought Brian Cannon early was brilliant in the in the league now he's a fiery character and he was sent off in 21 but you need a little freshness to the setup. and Michal Dunne who was a great guy but and we're talking about great guys John Kyle next week could be saying the same thing you get loyal to your lads and that ruthlessness that they had last year probably wasn't there this year and it probably cost them the other end. Yeah, it's interesting that the, all three goals were scored 
after Limerick forwards dispossessed Galway defenders own and it always I mean, it's a little bit simplistic but it does seem like teams that win the All-Ireland have forward lines that are working like animals and not just working working hard but but, but working smart as well and finding ways and, and understanding when a defender looks a little bit vulnerable now maybe there was a foul in at least one of those cases but you know you get away with it and those are the breaks you do, yeah, but look, um, work comes with, with younger legs as well, we'd say, and Limerick had that, and you could see from the off there was three or four Limerick lads chasing every Galway lad, and that's just younger legs, and Michael alluded to it there, like, you know, a 21 or 22-year-old is going to go harder, longer, and faster than maybe a 30-year-old, you know, so, um, you know, look, Limerick had that probably sprinkled all over the pitch. Yeah, and, like, the, it's weird, right, because we say it every year after All-Ireland winners, you know, they could go on and win, you know, three or four, you know, like... Limerick might never be back, you know, like there is this thing, yeah. you know, like Kyle Hayes won man of the match at 20 and as you say, won a minor, then won under 21, then won a senior and won man of the match in the final. Like, where does he go from here? You know, like that's an outrageous kind of three years of of success. But what got them over the line this year was obviously they're, you know, magnificent hurlers, but just sensational level of fitness, sensational level of dedication to the cause, team unity, unselfishness. It's hard to bottle that. Like that's the stuff that every team can do if they get it right. It is, Ross. But I, I actually, I think you're making a great point there. I think there's seven or eight counties that'll be waking up this morning saying we can do this next year. Mm. And I think that's what makes it so exciting going forward because it's not like Kilkenny when they dominated that. And I mean this with the utmost respect to Limerick, but there's nobody going to be fearing them yeah. uh, next year. Like Tip or Watford or Clare. Nobody, Clare will be saying. We should have been in that final. We hit a pole. We did this. We, did, we should have bet them. Yeah, we should and have bet them by nine points. Yeah. And, and then Galway next year, they'll get. They'll say we'll give it one more lash um, with a few of the other lads like like Joe and David Burke and those lads, and they'll come back stronger. And and um, Waterford had the injuries this year, and you know Dublin had a great start. Like they're, they're a work in progress too, and so you're going to have set. So I actually think you know, and we're here. We're reflecting on a brilliant year. And I'm so excited for next year already mm. because, and, and, and I, I mean that in the best sense of the word, a young Limerick team, a great ch- team, worthy champions, but there is no, there's six or seven teams around the team that could beat them. Yeah, and it's, it was weird, right? Because I was listening out at the, you know, at the start, they name each individual player and it's like this opportunity to, you know, salute every one of the players. And at every Galway game, it's like big roars, then Joe gets a massive roar, and then Connor Whelan gets a massive roar, David Burke. And every, you know, the it's same same with Claire, Tony Kelly gets a massive roar. With Limerick, I was I was actually listening out to see, okay, who is the star here? Like who who do the Limerick players think, or the Limerick fans, you know, is the star? And all of the roars were exactly the same. Maybe Keen Lynch a tiny bit, Kyle Hayes a tiny bit, maybe that's just because he's so young. But that's it. Like they don't have you know, the, the, you know, if you stop Keane Lynch and you stop Limerick, like, no one says that. But because, it tempered that so much. Yeah. Uh, like Keane Lynch was, uh, and, and Owen, I'm not, t- I'm not taking over the show here, I'll let you in there in a second, <laughs> but like, you saw Keane Lynch as it, coming on that team with his, his, his flicks, his flair, his touch, and some of the scores, but he maybe looked, you know, he had to develop and all that. It's hard to believe he's only 22 now as well, like, but him going to the middle of the field and the way that he just plays for the team and the selflessness and the, you know, the ball he wins and the way he flicks it away and the vision and all that probably sums up Limerick that there is no, there is no superstar mm. on that team. There's a lot of superstars in the making but they are very level and um, and I said it about me, I don't know, he had to manage uh, Jason Flynn and, uh, and Niall Burke and he, he had to manage Shane Dowling who's a phenomenal servant to Limerick Hurling, Peter Casey who would be on most teams, all these guys. 
so that dynamic will change next year because lads will be pushing and so it becomes a different challenge um so it's another year but look what can we say people, brilliant oh and people were making um a connection between a, a number of all irelands that have been won by different teams in football and hurling over the last decade or so and uh, one constant amongst a few of them is Caroline Curd, who's a sports psychologist or performance coach, whatever they like to call themselves these days. She was involved in uh, in one of your tip teams. I believe I saw a photo of yourself and herself surfacing over the weekend. What kind of stuff does she bring to the table, do you think? Yeah, well, I suppose like she was kind of a mediator nearly between the players and the management team and that, you know. Um, now, like at the time, she would have probably, you know, if a guy's confidence wasn't great or coming back from injury especially or maybe a guy... Well, you know, was trying to find his form, you know, she'd sit down and have a chat and, you know, the guy mightn't be performing in training, but it mightn't be to do with hurling. It might be in his own lifestyle or maybe in his own workplace. So it might be totally away from hurling. But I suppose I know it's easier for Phil maybe to talk to a woman than talk to a man about these problems and that or a relationship, whatever it was. But like I suppose in the Limerick setup she would have probably brought um, the approach to an all Ireland final maybe sat down with John Kyle and said look this is what Tyrone would have done Tipperary would have done this this is the logistics that Dublin would have done and all would have been very different even geographically where they're located so John Kyle might have picked right A, B and C that'll work for us and you know what works to have the team focus or what would you do with players the week before and like even a big thing for us I remember back with Caroline would have been get the suits and maybe the wives and girlfriends um, get their gear get it all out of the way so have nothing to deal with on the morning of the match you're just picking up your gear and going you'll see all that stuff in the hotel afterwards and you know they're little small distractions but if all those distractions add up they become a big distraction and then you play the occasion and not the game and definitely think Limerick played the game yesterday so like you can't underestimate Caroline Cord's um, influence and I suppose then being involved with all Ireland winning teams in different courts, the players looked at her and respected her straight away and I think she was involved with Paul O'Connell as well uh, so you know when you're involved with someone in an elite level like that and one of Limerick's heroes um, definitely the respect was there so a short John Kiley utilised her great as as he did all his backroom team and that. But you know, even back to mentioning the Limerick players, like Shane Dowling, I suppose, was one of the, the crowd here. He got the big roar when he came on. But to see the change in their play, to see Dermot Burns, who usually was pot shot and we'll say four or five times in the game, and he might get one or two of them, he got one chance yesterday, nailed it. After that, then he was delivering lovely low ball into a full forward line that was moving left and right. Seamus Flanagan, Keane, Kyle Hayes, these guys. So. Like Limerick were just, you know, they, they were, and they were at that all season. And Paul Kinnock's influence was obviously there as well. So you can see just how focused they were all season, and they carried that right through yesterday as well. Yeah, there's some change. I'm, I'm listening to you on there. I'm thinking back 25 years next year when we bet Limerick. 20 years since we bet Kilkenny. Backroom team. Psychology. Yeah. The only one you talk to is yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you, and you got plenty of stick along the way, and it's it's brilliant. I I I I'm a I love sport and I love to see advances and, and um, you know, but Jesus, when you think of some of the things that we went through and the abuse we got, uh, even from, from your own, and you'd wonder how you got out the far side. So anyway, look. Well, it's, it's funny though, because, yeah, you know, like, certainly in the football, like the, the, there'd be a bit of sneering at the dubs for having this massive backroom team. And and everyone has it, you know, yeah, like all the big teams. Now yeah, have so it, I'm, you know? I'm not just doing a woe as me as, as, as a dub or anything. I, 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 but, but, but I'm just wondering, is, is, it, is it definitely the right thing or is it just that everybody sees one team having this massive backroom team and feels they all need well, to have, I, I, have I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and look, this might be a bit outlandish but um, for for people themse- for players themselves and for, as people 
you have to develop yourself and get through life and you get a lot of ups and downs you won't always have somebody holding your hand and I'm not sure it's a great thing um, I think I think you have to uh, stand on your own two feet you have to learn from your mistakes you have to get on with it and you won't always have that I, I, I think it's a little bit childish and simplistic to have all these people doing everything for you um, I don't think it de- I think in the long term we'll wait and see mm. in 10, 15 years time where all these lads are because going around the tracks with a pair of runners at 28 or 30 years of age to me is not a good thing and getting everything handed to you you have to develop yourself in life and, and off the field it's an amateur sport at the end of the day there you go that's an incredibly worrying and downbeat way to end an unbelievable <laughs> season <laughs> that's me that's me that's the awfully way bringing the, bringing the mood down <laughs> listen Owen Kelly thank you so much and thanks for everything during the season and Michael Dignan same to you brilliant stuff as always thanks a million thanks lads thanks lads that might be, you know, aiming for utopia, but that is the way I am. I'm a little bit stupid regarding this type of thing. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. Oh, Richie, God. how are we feeling this morning? I just watched the goal set to the Titanic music and it really works, Oh, It really, really works. I think this is the most fun we're ever going to have in a podcast. Let me tell you, you're only getting this because you're a former player of mine and <laughs> there's no fourth time lucky, let me tell you. My father thought that, you know, I was a disgrace and an embarrassment, didn't allow me to come back home. And this is a 17 years old and we just made the semi-finals of Wimbledon. Fraser and Ali and another incarnation when they were both young and I guess I was too. <laughs> Reverend Jesse Jackson, you're very welcome to the show. Well, a few people resist publicly. He uh, cast a light to lit up our pathway. 30 million watched the fight. What? Yes, that's true. Um, I was better known in Africa than I was in it's Ireland. unbelievable. He threw a hard trial, I think, at David Beckham uh, in the... Is that right? No. So I had this weird thing where I was always the same weight as my age. Holy shit, Kenan Murphy, it's US Murphy. Round of applause for US Murphy. That's him. Kios, right? Upstairs at Kios. Kios, everyone, but that's yeah. fine. <laughs> oh, my oh, word. Oh. Tell us, talk us through that, Steve. I think we know what's happened, but talk us through it. Oh, just saying. Sig Thorson is the old. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Is it fair to say anybody could have managed those guys? No, of course not. He was about 12. <laughs> Everyone in the city knew about him, but no one had seen him. Look how happy I was. What the fuck happened? No, really. What happened? What happened? It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. All right, let's just rewind the clock a little bit to about halfway through injury time yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did you, you see, you had a vested interest on the other side. I'm going to say I feared that Limerick had blown this. Mm. Didn't think they had a chance of losing the game from about the f- for for a lot of it weirdly because you're expecting a kick from goal expecting a kick they they didn't really well land the third goal until, went in that was it yeah yeah that's when you're thinking it's, it's it it's like well that's it's all over now uh, mm. and yet they they nearly threw it away 
Yeah, and what I found just uh, remarkable about how they ended up winning and how sweet a way it was for Limerick to win it was that the thing that always happened to Limerick happened. That, you know, the, the, the meltdown happened, you know, and they still managed to survive and, you know, win the ball as it landed in the in the the in the box from from Canning's free. Like they won that ball, they got it out of there and they won the game. You know, like they they, they had to hang on and they hung on. And you know, the the you can say all you like that the players weren't even born in nineteen ninety four and you know nineteen ninety four means nothing to them. But of course it it it's in their brains. Like they know what happened in nineteen ninety four, even though they weren't alive to see it or they they don't remember watching it as kids. It's still there. I mean, it's still the most talked about game in Limerick hurling for the last 50 or 60 years until, up until yesterday. Yeah. So you can kind of say it means nothing to them and all the rest. But, you know, for those two or three minutes, they I'm sure they were asking themselves deep in their marrow, God, so this is what 94 was like. This is how it happens. You know, that it, like you just get hit by a thunderbolt and then Joe Canning does something outrageous like score that goal, which, by the way, is one of the five best goals I've ever seen live I think just for the pressure that was on him and the ridiculous precision with which it went into the top corner and the fact that he didn't try anything I assumed he's going to bounce this in or it's going to be some sort of there was a, there was a little bit of spitting on it the usual to keep it under the bar but largely yeah. it was just uh, it was like I'm just going to put it in the top yeah, corner and, stop it. and hit it so hard that no one's going to stop it and yet it. Limerick just about survived it yeah that's it you know and like and so from a position where the nine point victory would have been amazing what a way to win North Ireland winning it by a point when the meltdown happened and you survived is probably even sweeter from oh, a yeah. pers- perspective. Ken, are your boys going to build a dynasty now? John Kiley, Declan I, Hannan. I very much all doubt All these it. greats. You, you're not confident about next year. I very much doubt it. And I think that's, that's our lot <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for probably the next several decades. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's um, at least you know we can all say we live to see the day. Mm. I mean, you even went so far as to open your back door to take part in the celebrations. You know, I mean, you all played your part as Limerick fans. <laughs> I, did, I did. Flicking anxiously between the match and the Manchester United-Brighton game. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was watching uh, Hurling until I heard that, that Brighton were winning 2-0. And I thought, oh, my God, what's going on there? Yeah. Better better take a look at that. I think, was it, was it halftime then? I think maybe it was halftime. But look, you know, there's just too many things to keep track of. But, of course, in the end, my heart... Was on Shannon's side. We will have more reaction. Ken just said Shannon's side. Why? Well, sorry, that's just it's a major culture shock for me to hear you say that word. But that's fine. Listen, Ken, welcome aboard. We'll have more reaction to Limerick's unbelievable All Ireland victory on the World Service tomorrow. You can sign up for that on secondcaptains.com. If you sign up and you, you're a little bit under the weather and then you wake up the following day and think, what just happened there? I, I don't remember doing this. You can always cancel after a month. There's no long term contracts. It's fine. We accept people signing up drunkenly. Is it ethical? I'm not sure. But listen, we give you a get-out clause. So yeah, come on. Go for it and we'll see what happens. That's all on secondcaptains.com. we a podcast right through the week. Thanks, Murph. Thanks, Thanks again. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Good 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 Ken. See you tomorrow. Sport is a great thing, Parik, and especially hurling. Our sport, the greatest sport that was ever played by any man. They're getting their award today. Mixed with this brilliant blend of youth, fire and enthusiasm and... So chill for them, Clareman, rivals of ours all our lives. But you know, the Canberries go up around Crow Park. Dolores wanted their own park. Magic, magic moment for them. Well, it's a highly emotional scene. Oh no, my stomach is burning here, lads. I tell you, we've been so. We've oh dear, oh dear.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.